It's all about your health, your wellness. Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Get healthier, get fit, eat better, have a richer quality of life. Health on the go. Staying well with Melanie Cole, MS. As a woman, you know that you feel so many different things and digestive issues are just minute among them, but so many. We're bloated, we get reflux, we get IBS, we're stressed out. All of these things seem to happen to us all at the same time. My guest is Dr. Simona Saha. She's an assistant professor of medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Saha. So let's talk about GI issues in women. The first one I'd like to discuss is bloating. I mean, okay. you know, we hear Dr. Saha that if you're bloated, you should see your, you know, your gynecologist could be colon issues. It could be cervical, you know. I mean, you just, gosh, you just hear all these things. Why are we bloated all the time? Yeah, so, you know, bloating as a symptom can be due to any number of things, and you hit on a couple of them. So it could be a primary gastrointestinal problem, so it could be related to kind of what's going on in our intestines or colons. But sometimes bloating can also be from a gyne- could be secondary to a gynecologic issue, so, um, um, so endometriosis and other um, gynecologic conditions, um, endometrial cancer, for example, could also cause bloating. And what also makes bloating difficult kind of to, um, to work up and manage is the fact that the causes for bloating can really range the spectrum from being very, very benign to, like I said, potentially cancer. So, so it's, it's a tough symptom, very common, but has a, you know, huge list of possible causes. Um, I would say the most, one of the most re- common reasons that um, um, people get bloated, women in particular, um, has to do with, with our diet. So, um, you know, we're a society on the go. We don't necessarily always um, uh, eat the right foods. We eat quickly. And, um, and I think a lot of, you know, the more benign causes of uh, bloating, um, you know, once we exclude the more serious causes, are really diet-related. Um, so lactose intolerance is um, one entity in particular, which is extremely common uh, among Americans, and um, the prevalence of that increases as we as we age. Um, um, and uh, bloating is a very um, common symptom for that condition. <clears throat> so if we want to look at our diet and we're bloated yeah. all the time, do we get more cruciferous vegetables, more exercise, more water, more, you know, fiber? Is that going to help what really helps with the bloating? Yeah, so, I mean, usually what we recommend is a kind of a stepwise approach. So, I mean, all of those things that you mentioned could potentially help any particular individual. Um, but what we recommend, again, is doing it stepwise so that you can figure out exactly what dietary change um, helps the most. So rather than making a lot of changes up front, if you just, you know, on a week-to-week basis change one element, then you can figure out, well, um, is adding more water and kind of relieving any underlying constipation going to help that symptom of bloating? Is eliminating dairy going to help? Um, So a stepwise approach, you know, usually under the supervision of a physician or nutritionist is, is what we recommend to really help pinpoint um, what the underlying cause is, because, like I said, it, it it can it really varies. It's a very broad symptom, and it can vary from individual to individual as far as what the cause is. So, fiber sometimes can be very helpful, and but for other folks, fiber can be can produce a lot of bloating. So, um, so yeah, so it's 
sometimes can be really hard to tease out and hard to offer just kind of um, universal advice for everyone because it really is um, can be just a very individual um, problem and process. So IBS is pretty common, especially as women suffer from stress. I mean, we are the management people in our families. We do pretty much everything and wear 50 hats, and stress takes its toll. We suffer from irritable bowel syndrome and even, you know, heartburn and things that stress contributes to. What's your best yeah. advice on stress-related GI issues? Well, that's that's a toughie, right? Exactly, because we live in a busy society and we're, we're inundated by stress, um, and we definitely know that there is a, um, a fairly strong mind-body uh, connection and the and brain-gut interactions are, are really important. We understand this more and more um, with the new research that, that continues to come out in this area. So we know that our stress levels uh, influence our gut and then vice versa, what's going on in our gut in, influences our stress levels and our anxiety. So it sometimes can become a vicious cycle. So... Um, so just, you know, for general advice, what I recommend is just for, you know, and this I think applies to even folks who don't suffer from, from IBS-type symptoms, is to have some really good form of stress relief, whether that's meditation, regular exercise, um, um, yoga, whatever it is to kind of decompress and kind of eliminate putting that stress on your GI tract. I mean, other people kind of carry their stress in their um, in their joints or in, you know, um, but just if you have some other external way of, of uh, releasing that stress, I think that's really helpful. Um, for folks who, who try to do those types of things and lead a healthy lifestyle with regular exercise, um, mindfulness practices, and still continue to struggle with stress-induced uh, GI issues, then working with a um, health psychologist can be really helpful because the health psychologist um, has other tools in his or her tool belt to help with this. So um, hypnosis, for example, has been shown to be helpful in reducing IBS symptoms. Um, there's also um, therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which can help as well. So there, there are some more sophisticated ways of, of uh, targeting this, but um, just kind of good general practices are to have some kind of daily, or if not daily, at least several times a week, some type of way of, of decompressing and relieving stress, um, whether it's through you know mindfulness practices, um, exercise, or, or something of the like. So a lot of women also suffer from various forms of reflux and mm-hmm. heartburn, Dr. Saha. So mm-hmm. You know, what do you think of some of the things out there? Now, there's a million antacids on the market. Yeah. Some people pop them like candy, but we right. need that acid in our intestinal system. Our guts are our immune system, and they are our digestive systems, and we need that acid to digest our food, mm-hmm. but all these antacids on the market would seem to take that away. What about regulating our pH with vinegar and things on the market? Do you think that that helps? Well, so for for folks with gastroesophageal reflux disease, um, you know, really those types of um, approaches um, are most likely not going to be um, effective. And there really is a medical benefit for treating um, acid reflux because um, although you're right, I mean, 
there's a physiologic reason that our stomachs produce acid that's important for digestion, but too much acid can be very detrimental. So we know that um, acid reflux um, can cause damage to the lining of the esophagus, and that is a precursor or a risk factor for developing esophageal cancer. So reflux disease, although occasional heartburn is is very common, someone who has sustained reflux um, really shouldn't be just dabbling with um, you know, home concoctions to treat that, that really does require um, um, prescribed um, acid-suppressing therapies so that we can prevent some of the complications from reflux disease. Um, Kind of folks who have more intermittent symptoms, um, what we recommend are lifestyle and dietary uh, changes, Um, the dietary ones being avoiding trigger foods. Common trigger foods are uh, caffeine, spicy foods, acidic foods, chocolate as well has been shown to be um, a potential risk factor. So trying to eliminate those trigger foods and then doing some other things that also help um, eliminate um, um, acid from refluxing into the esophagus. So that includes um, avoiding laying flat um, uh, within three hours of eating. We know that recumbency or, uh, or lying down um, um, causes acid to come up into the esophagus. So, so folks who um, tend to eat um, their biggest meals uh, at night and then go to sleep or go to bed within two to three hours are at increased risk for reflux. Um, uh, sometimes uh, if you can't avoid eating those late night meals, um, having a, a wedge or elevating the head of the bed can help. But we recommend, you know, those kind of dietary and lifestyle changes for the folks who have um, um, less severe reflux. But once the symptoms get um, um, more uh, then it's definitely severe, time. then really it should be treated. Thank you so much, Dr. Saha. You're listening to Radio MD. This is Melanie Cole. Stay well.